What is up, Nerds Nation? Welcome to the Effin' Nerds Podcast with the most dynamic duo in all of podcasting. I'm Nick Venizio, and across from me is my guy, Martin Morano. How we doing, man? Bro, Star Wars. Exciting. Exciting. We are recapping The Mandalorian Chapter 16, The Rescue. But before we get started, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. And if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else, please check back each week because we try to upload new content for you guys to listen to. So Chapter 16, The Rescue, is about the Mandalorian and his allies attempting a daring rescue. Oh it's God. as simple as that. And this was this was a fucking episode. This was a fucking finale. This was, like, a, this finale. was a finale. You want to talk about... Like oh, putting yeah. a stamp on some shit? Oh, I was talking more about putting your dick on the table. Oh, yeah. Not, a stamp as well. A stamp, stamp as, as well. well. Yeah, but I, I was leaning more towards, you know, heavy eggplant. Yes, yeah, I, I feel you, bro. I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. So let's uh, let's get right into this, man. The cold open. Boom. We're thrown right into it as the Slave One piloted by Boba Fett is in pursuit of an Imperial Lambda-class shuttle carrying Dr. Pershing. Mando and Cara Dune board the shuttle and seek to capture Dr. Pershing, but not before one of the shuttle pilots takes Pershing hostage. After a back and forth with Cara Dune of conflicting ideologies, Dune blasts the pilot in the face and secures Dr. Pershing. In the face. In the, in the face. face. Rid the galaxy of terrorism. In the face. In the face. No! <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so I love how, like, automatically, boom, we're just thrown into it. Automatically, mm-hmm. the slave one's chasing after the ship. Wasting no time. Wasting no time. Like, we, we know right we got a lot it. to do. We got yeah, a lot, we, we have a lot, a lot of ground to cover on this yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, let's get right into it. And it was great. It was an awesome cold opening. I love the dialogue. I thought it was really great from the very beginning when the pilot is pretty much like, I suggest you shut up. This isn't your lab. This isn't your lab. He's like, like yeah. Bro, stay in your lane. Yeah, stay in your lane. <laughs> <laughs> know your role. So, uh, so pretty much that, exactly. And then, yeah, we get... Great little sort of like space dogfight between the two. Well, not necessarily a dogfight, more like a chase. Basically a chase, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then takes him out, and we get an amazing sort of like a um, shot. Of you called the it. You one. called it like the the King Kong. Like the shot. King Kong slash yes. Godzilla, just like it's very like a very traditional '80s like throwback monster type of feel of just this kind of like massive thing coming over you. Yeah, you get like they're looking out the window, and you just see the slave one just kind of yeah. come over them. It's it so cool. Pretty. It was an awesome shot, and then yeah, then they get in there. And the back and forth between Cara Dune and the one pilot was awesome. I really enjoy, except for that one space cadet, you know, the meme, you, 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 not you. Not you. I enjoy these <laughs> kind of like uh, these sort of like imperial, um, I guess, staff personnel, yes. so to speak. Yes. Like I really enjoyed the ones from episode three, the two pilots, mm-hmm. like the guy I thought did a great job. Uh, and then same here. This one, for some reason, he reminded me of like... Uh, of like Venom, like Topher Grace. Like, oh, really? Yeah, like, <laughs> do you know what you did to me? Like the, his cadence and his yes, voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like how he was it. talking, yeah. Yeah, uh, and also a little bit of the Joker. You know when Joker, is, when he's got Gamble? Yes. He's like, do you know how I got these scars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this, like his, the way he was like delivering his lines, I thought was done so well. And I love just this whole, because um, the harness is back to the last episode of like the Believer. Right. You know, it's like your ideology, like what, what he says about the 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 people on that planet, you know, like Imperial uh, resistance, it's all the same to them. It yes. doesn't, it doesn't really, really matter. So to them, everyone's got their own point of views. Everyone's got their own ideolo- ideolo- uh, ideologies. So for him to be like, oh, yeah, like Alder- getting rid of Alderaan, that was great for us because we were getting rid of terrorists. Terrorists, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but for her, obviously, you know, so, so just, again, seeing these conflicting ideologies um, right off the bat, great exchange, awesome cold opening. Yeah, definitely. And the... Uh like this is probably the second time, the second or third time this season that that the show has really tried to, uh, like not not so much put in a positive light, but humanize the empire side of things. Like you mm-hmm. you really get like you know because obviously the episode in the believer, you know you you see you know the um, the empire is almost the, kind of like the heroes of that episode a little bit because the X wings come in and save you know Mando and and Bill Burr, and then you get the the, the empire cheering because you see them like having like a nice victory, and then mm-hmm. again again here because like I love when when you know her, uh, him and Kara they're kind of going back and forth and. You know, he's basically saying like I had friends on the Death Star. Yeah. You know, it kind of goes back to that whole that whole thing. I don't know if you remember from the first Clerks movie where Randall and Dante have like that that conversation about yeah. you know they're just they're fucking janitors on the Death yeah. Star. You know what yeah. I mean? Now the first one was completed and fully operational before the rebels destroyed it. We'll blow it up. Give credit where credit's due. And the second one was still being built when they blew it up. Compliments, Orlando Calrissian. Something just never sat right with me that second time around. I could never put my finger on it, but something just wasn't right. And you figured it out. The first Death Star was manned by the Imperial Army. The only people on board were stormtroopers, dignitaries, Imperials. Basically. So when they blew it up, no problem. Evil's punished. And the second time around? The second time around, it wasn't even done being built yet. It was still under construction. 
That's all. So a construction job of that magnitude would require a hell of a lot more manpower than the Imperial Army had to offer. I bet they brought independent contractors in on that thing. Plumbers, aluminum siders, roofers. Uh, not just Imperials, is that what you're getting at? Exactly. In order to get it built quickly and quietly, they'd hire anybody that can do the job. Think the average stormtrooper knows how to install a toilet main? All they know is killing in white uniforms. <laughs> Alright, so they bring in independent contractors. Why are you so upset at its destruction? All those innocent contractors brought in to do the job were killed. Casualties of a war they had nothing to do with. Clerks has great nerd conversations. Oh, it has great nerd conversations, yeah. but it kind of it harkens back to that. So that's why I love kind of like, you know, putting almost like grounding this grounding these villains to say, you know, these are all these are people too, mm -hmm. basically, you know. Yeah, not so much saying that they're good people, but they are people as but well. But in their eyes, you know, they, they're like right. Everyone, they think they're right. Yeah, like everyone's got their own opinions and for them like these were these people who essentially blew up Alderaan in a way are like heroes. Right. You know, like you kill like some of the like some of these heroes in in a way. Um in regards of, of how you see it but yeah awesome cold opening awesome back and forth and that just that notion of like you know everyone's got like their own beliefs and i think it's almost kind of a little bit of a foreshadowing of, of how we kind of have mando i guess we'll get to it when, yeah. when we get there yeah but i think this whole notion of like of like the the line that bill burr says like everyone's got their line right like everyone you know until you cross it like everyone right as long as you can sleep at night yeah as long as you can sleep at night um, but he says something. He's like, everyone has their lines, but like, you don't cross until like you're very until you're like pushed. Or yeah. he says something along, it was something those, along those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but I think in a way, it's a little bit of a foreshadowing of what we're going to get into. Like in the oh third yeah. Act. yeah yeah definitely definitely. Uh, and then the one last thing that I'll point out is that uh, I should have known this, but I had no idea that uh, Pershing is a clone engineer. It's confirmed in this episode, and obviously, mm -hmm. like people were saying that. Uh, the patch that he has on his, I think he's wearing like like the patch on like his arm yeah. is like from like Camino or something like that. Yeah, which we kind of like they kind of hinted on in a uh, in episode four. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we definitely. kind of got confirmation here, and uh, and he's a bitch. He is a bitch, yeah. which we will definitely get into. So uh, jumping into Act One here, so the slave one then arrives on an industrial planet where Bo-Katan. <laughs> where, where Bo-Katan and Casca Reeves have been hiding out. When Mando and Boba Fett confront them at a local bar, Fett and Reeves get into a bit of a scuffle. Mando and Bo-Katan then come to an agreement that if she joins him in rescuing Grogu, he will consider assisting her in her efforts to take back Mandalore. With the help of Dr. Pershing, bitch, <laughs> the crew plans an infiltration into Gideon's light cruiser using the Lambda shuttle as a Trojan horse. Mando is to sneak in and get Grogu while the rest of our heroes fight their way to the bridge so Bo-Katan can get the Darksaber. After a successful setup, the shuttle busts into the light cruiser and the plan is set into motion. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, I guess we can go back to this uh, this industrial planet, which you think is... I'm pretty sure it's a thought, but okay. I don't know if... I haven't had a chance to look it up and I don't know if it was confirmed or not. I mean, I've seen a lot of people do their recaps on it and I feel like that would have been mentioned if it was. Yeah. You know? I don't know. But regardless, um, it was cool to... We didn't notice that that was the gauntlet. Yes, that yeah, was Bo 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 ship. ship. Yeah. Uh, I've only seen an animation form a handful of times. Yeah. And I feel like every single time I've seen an animation form, it's like different in size for yeah. some reason. <laughs> but uh, but it was great to see it there. We we kind of noticed it um, the second time once everyone pretty much. Well, made I was gonna say too, like like we completely like missed it the first time. Like well, I like I, honestly, I, I, I did, if, like I'm, if I'm looking no at one it, I'm even, like, if yeah. no one even mentioned it, it probably would have taken me a while to even realize right. that it was there. You know, because um obviously like the color and everything, it's it's different when you translate over to live action. But uh, but yeah, once actually someone mentioned it, and then I saw it again, I'm like, oh yeah, well, so it's right there. Like, it's, yeah, that's it's fucking it. But uh, but yeah, it was um, the I think my biggest takeaway from from this whole kind of like first act was just the interactions between Bogotan and Boba. Yeah. I love that line when like this, her, the second he speaks, her ears like perk up. Right, because she's like, yeah. yeah, she's like, I've I've heard your voice a thousand times, guys. Right. Like we know for the people who who love Clone Wars and love Rebels, we know about um you know Bogotan's history in regards to Clone Wars, in regards to Rebels, in regards to uh, stormtroopers and everything like that. So it was just um it was a really great uh, little kind of like little interaction and just kind of like a just moment for for the fans so to speak right uh and then the whole mention of how the uh the planet is glass yes of andalore um, yeah, yeah. It's glass. so we, we're kind of assuming that there's maybe some sort of like imperial like terraforming going on over there right right so uh well i mean you got to think that that mandalore is still occupied by the imperials at this point at this point yeah as i mean when we last saw it pretty much it still was right like when i believe when we last saw it was in rebels of which we'll also get into. And yeah, that's when I was telling you, remember how they made the weapons that were targeting the best car and like, right, right. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so Mandalore, like we've said a million times over, it's cursed. There's always shit going on. We've seen battles, fights, conflicts in Mandalore a bunch of times between Ro uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. And yeah, 
cool really cool moment between uh between the two yeah definitely and and they really hit hit boba pretty hard like you know she even goes as far to say you're a disgrace to that armor the sama belonged to my father don't you mean your donor careful princess they really like get into it yeah and uh it's cool like because bogatan does not like that's the thing i love about um the Bogotan has this really great line in Clone Wars uh, when she's essentially seeking assistance to take back Mandalore again, mm-hmm. and uh, and Obi Wan's like, "We can't do that. If we do this, we're going to break treaties, and we're going to get into another war." And she goes like, "What's one more?" Right? You know, like it's right. like that's like her personality. And like, well, she also just has that like like I don't give a fuck. Like I'm going to do what I want to do yeah, in order to get and done don't what I have fuck to get done. with me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And do not fuck with me. I just love how she gives no shits, and yeah, it was a great exchange between the two. Um, the little scuffle between Boba and Reeves was awesome. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, pretty much Pershing, pretty much Pershing said, "I don't get paid enough for this." Bro, shit. He's, he sings like a canary. Yeah, as soon as they like, press him a little care. bit, and they, 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 don't they don't even press, press him. him. Like he's like, she <laughs> says something about like the amount of people that are on the ship, and he goes, "That's yeah. actually not true." Yeah, yeah. And then Cara Dune's like, "Oh, like, well, we're not gonna listen to you." Right. And he's like, "No, actually, like, you can listen to me." He's like, "I don't, I don't really like, don't give a fuck." Like, yeah. And he basically just informs. He's like, "Oh, the dark troopers are here. Rogue was probably here." And this reminds me again because we meet in the glorious bastards men reference last episode again in this one when we first see the bear Jew and he kills. Yes, like he one, kills the one dude, and the one yeah. guy's just like, "Oh, it's yeah. here, it's here." And it's like, "All right, who else wants to die?" Like, and like, so then the one dude pops up. He's like, "No, I don't want to die." So he's like, "Point out on the map." He just tells like literally yeah. every. Where, where are the snipers' nests? Here, yeah, here, yeah. here. So, um, so yeah. Out of the whole, the whole kind of um, takeaway from that was, like, like I said, the Bo-Katan interactions between uh, her and, and Boba. And then just showing again, Boba just pretty much showing how lethal he is in the sleep. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, because when we get into that that whole when they actually like set the plan in motion. But I love I love that scene of them of like kind of like plotting out like what they're going to do. And Bo-Katan's kind of like leading, like you know, looking at the schematic and calling, everything, and calling everything, ca- out. calling where everything's going to be. And you just get like this awesome wide shot of just this like the crew. And we're like, oh, look at this crew, yeah. man! This awesome crew that we've like assembled. And it's just yeah, it's a really nice like setup scene. Obviously with Pershing being a little bitch and just giving everything up, which was hilarious. But like it's also even like the alley oop, and then they just dunk that. He, he shit does, hard. but like the thing is that like I, I've seen I've seen some people, including somebody we might live with, uh, that um, that it's like oh it's way too like plot convenient. But to me that's in, that's within Pershing's character. Like if you yeah. go all the way back to episode three of season one, like he's that he's not going to fight and he's not going to put up a fight and he's not going to be one that's going to be willing to get tortured he's for information. Gonna, like hide. He's always going to hide. He's always going to give up whatever. He's like because like he's like you said I don't get paid enough for this shit. Yeah, he doesn't care. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've always kind of used that as argument. There's always if there's some like some sort of base for it, then I can kind of let it off the hook because I do get it. Like he's just right. like whatever. And it's and to me, it's well within his character. Like it's yeah. not like completely out of the realm that exactly. he would not do that. It is know? within his character, so it's fine. But uh, but then to fast forward a little bit to like we said when he first take over um Gideon's light cruiser, just Boba pretty much um oh one thing I want to say I yeah. love how he called her princess. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. clearly uh, we kind of assume that he kind of knows her. Oh, back, he, he definitely yeah, knows like, who she like, is, yeah. where she's from and how she comes from from royalty and all that. And um, like the little, he calls her prisons twice, and I fucking love it. Yeah. But when he's essentially purposely missing, yes, them like really doing it well, and then once the Tie Fighters come out to assist, he just takes them out like that. Well, that was the one thing that I loved. Like as as soon as the plan is complete and he's done, mm-hmm. boom, takes him out, and then just zips off in the, into I'm the. Out. Yep, I'm out. Yep, yeah, pretty much. That was also really cool too. When the Tie Fighters do come out, you see like this like assembly line of them of them getting shot out, and it was just it was it was just a yeah, cool I, shot. I've loved the way they've handled Tie Fighters in this show because we got like I said we got the we've gotten um them docking mm-hmm. which we've seen before in like clone wars and stuff of how like the uh the wings kind of like bend bend so they can land properly so they can yeah. Land, yeah and take off and vice versa but here we got like you said we got like pretty much it's the assembly line of them just kind of coming off um and we get like a great like sort of point of view shot from like the of, inside like, yeah from almost like the pilot kind of like taking off taking off see, yeah and you see it just shoot out how it yeah, yeah it was off. awesome yeah. and we've we've gotten a little bit of that in the past like um I know we got a little bit of it in reverse in regards to uh, like in Force Awakens when Finn and um, Poe escape. Yeah, they're like in the we see we see it kind of like taking off, and also in um, Last Jedi when Kylo pretty much attacks. The, oh um, right, attacks the Calamari cruiser. Yes, and he goes through the sort of like like the um, the land like the takeoff strip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he kind right. of go he he like accesses that and he fucking like blasts it off. So it was cool to kind of see it how it how it essentially takes off yes so it was like that was really neat and um and yeah cinematography just incredible yeah yeah definitely incredible. uh then one last thing i wanted to point out uh going all the way back to that industrial planet there are old republic symbols on those factories so lethal yeah all right maybe lethal it's i'm gonna say <laughs> all right it's lethal yeah <laughs> 
All right, so with that, let's uh, let's jump into Act 2. So with the shuttle on board, Bo-Katan, Koska Reeves, Fennec, and Cara Dune start blasting their way through the stormtroopers as they make their way to the bridge as Mando sneaks off in search of Grogu. The dark troopers get activated, but Mando makes it to them in time and shoots them out of the airlock and into space. Bo-Katan makes it to the bridge, but Gideon is nowhere to be found. Mando reaches the cell to rescue Grogu, but Moff Gideon is there holding Grogu hostage with the Darksaber in hand. After a short exchange, the two battle it out with Mando being able to overpower Gideon and rescue Grogu. To Bo-Katan's surprise, Mando enters the bridge with Grogu and the Darksaber in hand. Mando looking tries badass. to... Looking badass. Mando tries to give the saber to Bo-Katan, but Gideon tells Mando she can only take it by defeating Mando in combat. Before anything further happens, our heroes are alerted that the Dark Troopers have returned to the ship and are making their way to the sealed bridge. Once you hear that dubstep, bro. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah the, the dubstep, <laughs> and then you get like that, uh, the fucking, that, that classic horn. Yeah, yes, of course. Uh, the the kind of like uh, alarm, yeah, so yeah. to speak. yeah. Yeah, but uh, right off the bat, when the kind of crew takes off and starts pretty much making their way through the cruiser, we just show we see again how lethal this team is. Like we said before, the ladies, the ladies just doing work. We got a sharpshooter, we got a rebel dropper, we got two badass Mandalorians. I love their like fighting, their flank, the formation as they're going across this one bridge. Sort of uh, Fennec and um, Kara kind of take the lead yes. while Reeves and Bo kind of like flank off. Yeah, they flank off with their yeah. jetpacks and, yeah, they, come and then they come oh, back. It's yeah, so, so good. It's so well done. Just seeing them kind of kick ass was, was um, fucking awesome. And probably one of my favorite shots from the series was when Mando reaches the uh, the the cold storage of the Dark Troopers. Of mm-hmm. how like when he closes the door and then we the one kind of catches just, it. And it starts and he, like, peeling it back open. Door, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we see his face. <laughs> And again, harnessing back, like we said originally, harnessing back to um, to like Alien Godzilla or whatever. This also like this was Terminator. This was full blown. This Terminator. was straight up fucking Terminator. Yeah, when Mando gets into the fight with one of the Dark Troopers, mm-hmm. and you just see just how powerful these Dark Troopers are, how resistant they are to like blasters, and and Mando just he he really struggles with with this with this one Dark Trooper. So it shows just yeah. how deadly a lot of them are. Because that's how man that's how Terminators always are. Like for some like Terminators can literally kill you in an instant, but for some reason they just play with you. They throw you around. Yes. They punch you. They like they, they, like, they like, whack you. And it's essentially well, I mean, I guess in this sense, the best guard was protecting him oh yeah yeah but like literally but but it's also funny too that like literally like the dark trooper just keeps like pounding him and pounding him and at no point of thought well this isn't working maybe i should try something else just start hitting him in the ribs this is supposed to be third generation right right i mean come on like come on these are a little it's a little these are i don't know i don't know about that yeah the ai um, AI needs some work yeah but remember pershing is like oh we got rid of the human that was the problem sounds like you still got some problems sounds like you still got some problems but Yes, I love that. Just that, that whole little scuffle before he gets um to, uh, to the cell where Grogu's being held, and then something that we were kind of not sure about to see if if Giancarlo Esposito was gonna be able to move. He was able to move, and but and he, it was he, good. He did pretty well, man. It was, he did it pretty was well. really well edited. The choreography was really good. Um, I think my favorite kind of moment from that fight was when Mando pretty much ties him up, and he quickly kind of like cuts. The he line. cuts it off as such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just kind of goes to show, like he shows off his um how lethal he could be in a sense what's the thing um, too man like like i love like like the anything that they used with the beskar spear was really well done because first the first the take of the one dark trooper was really cool how mando just kind of gets it in the neck and then rips off its head and then at the same point with the fight with gideon uh there's a few times where like mando just like does does like these really awesome moves with it like you know kind of flips it around and does this different like kind of twirls with it and just like everything just looks like all right this dude you don't want to well, fuck with this from dude game yeah. Of thrones. yeah he learned from game yeah. of thrones that he did that he did but yeah that was really well done and i saw interviews with john carlos Esposito where he talked about staying in shape for for this purpose for for like this this moment basically and for being mm-hmm. on the series and stuff like he wanted to you know kind of stay in really good condition for it because it required it so he can sell it so, so he could sell it and, and i think he does a really fantastic job and honestly like because of i think what happens in the episode uh this moment i think kind of gets lost a little bit I, I don't see a lot of people talking about it for obvious reasons but like the fight between Mando and gideon i think is really well done i think it's definitely a highlight of the episode yeah and it's it's like very quick but it's like really well done it's like maybe mm-hmm. like what like a minute and a half it's, yeah it's not long at all and, yeah. and and it makes sense that it's not because mando is just that sort of fighter like he's exactly. very good like you look know? gideon you're i mean maybe in your prime you could have like put up a better fight right but even you a little aged a little weathered you still kind of put up a fight yes yes so uh and then yeah we we we've known just what a badass mando is and how lethal he is with i mean he's mandalorian obviously with right. weapons but um 
but yeah, seeing this whole new sort of um, this this new like fighting dynamic and style with the spear, yeah, was dope. And then yeah, like you said, um, walks into the bridge. <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> And Bogotan was like, oh shit. shit. Yeah. Uh, but he looked badass. Walking he did, man. Fucking the jetpack. He had the spear. He had Grogu the Grogu in the other hand. <laughs> yeah, with Grogu in hand and everything. Uh, it, it, it was awesome. And um, and this kind of created some. A little conspiracy. Almost like a plot hole, I, a guess, I guess you can kind of say. Conflict, yeah. yeah. But um, I think at first, for the people who are familiar with Airbus, like that kind of pops in right away. Like, wait, yes. but. Because for, for the people who don't know, so, okay, so let's let's rewind a little bit. Yeah. So essentially, Bo-Katan cannot accept the saber. Um, the only she can accept it is if she defeats Mando in combat right. and rightfully earns it. It's right. essentially it's tradition, pretty yes. much. You know, like it's it's the history of, of the dark saber. However, Sabine and Rebels essentially gave it to her, mm-hmm. but she gave it to her in front of like all the clans, all these Mandalorians. They all kind of like kneeled and, and accepted her as their leader. Right. So I think like. In that sense, she was like, okay, everyone's cool with it. We're on Mandalore. I'm going to do my best. Obviously, she loses it. Right. Because so now- because technically, in terms of Rebels, uh, you know, in the Rebels and Clone Wars kind of like timeline, that's the last time we see the Darksaber before it pops up at the end of Mandalore. I'm pretty in sure it's the one. last we see Bo-Katan in right. Rebels. I'm pretty sure. Right. And and she had the Darksaber in hand. Then, obviously, when Mando Season 1 ends, we see Gideon with the Darksaber. It's like, well, what the fuck happened? Right. Because we see Bo-Katan in terms of like... Time. we see her again in, in season seven right but that takes place before rebels. before rebels like, right everything is fucking i know the the whole don't think in linear, yeah don't think in linear terms it hasn't happened <laughs> yet. but uh but yes exactly so we assume that obviously at some point she lost it to gideon right and now i'm just kind of like thinking in my mind okay i was given this was given to me once before mm-hmm. um i lost it the planet is still shit it's still right. in ruins so now let me pretty much properly get it back mm-hmm. so I can prove to not just myself, but prove it to like other Mandalorians that I can rightfully lead Mandalore and, you know, and get us out of this fucking hole that we're in. Well, that was the thing too. Like I saw a lot of people complaining about that aspect and it's like, no, I mean, if you, if you honestly think about it, like it makes perfect sense. Like, yeah. like she had it, all the clans saw it and then she either lost it or she lost it in combat to Gideon. So in the clan's no, eyes, she lost in combat. Like so that's like the only real way that um. Right, right, you know? yeah, yeah. So, or, so probably, I mean, I probably lost in combat. I mean, like until we get an explanation, she was like, we don't, probably captured. We don't know exactly. Yeah. So, so the fact that she did lose it after it was gifted to her makes her look even weaker now in front of all these clans because right. she was supposed to be like the leader of this. So obviously, when she, you know, Mando, Mando's like, <laughs> that's a, I know you love that moment. He's like, I love he goes, that moment. I yield. <laughs> no, but it's it's that's what I'm saying. I think this moment um, also we'll get into too when he takes off his helmet. But this, I feel like that whole scene when he walks in with Grogu, I think that was all Pedro Pascal. Oh, I think so too. I think that was like all him. Yeah. Um, I think the way, also when you see the, because, okay, the the, the Manto that we saw in the beginning mm-hmm. at that kind of bar yeah. was very slim. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah. He was like super slimmed down. So I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. And then when we see kind of Mando with the, with the helmet off, we kind of see it, it's like a little bulkier because mm-hmm. maybe he has like a bigger frame. Right. And it, it, it was like that sort of like similar frame throughout that like bridge scene. That whole thing. Well, that's all. And then I think from watching the uh, the gallery, uh, you know that I think there's... There's like three I want to say there's three or four. Yeah, either... I was going to say two or three. Maybe there's four um, different stunt people that play uh, Mando, mm-hmm. you know, including Pedro Pascal. So... It's very possible that that Mando kind of changes, uh, you know, size a little bit throughout throughout the series. Yeah, and I definitely like. I mean, obviously he takes his helmet off, so we know he was there. But I right. definitely feel like that whole sequence, and again when he's like when he's like I yield, and he like yes. does like a little head nod. Yeah, yeah. I think that's just pretty much um uh kind of um rel- that pretty. M- Ugh. What are you trying to say? Okay, yeah, okay. okay. With a little head knock. Yeah. I, I sh- that almost, that's also almost like a little reflective of like the type of ca- actor that he is. Of, yes, of, of, of yes. how good of an right. actor he is. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I do love that moment. And uh, also, I just love, like, just... Mando just doesn't know anything. He doesn't. I love, like, when he walks into Tython, because someone made this meme, and it cracked me up. Like, when he steps into Tython, he's like, does this look Jedi to you? <laughs> and then when he's like... Um, when Gideon's like, oh, it's yours now. He's like, what is? He's like, the saber. He's like, oh, well, I don't want it. Like, yeah, yeah, you're taking like, it. Yeah. He literally he's, dude, like, he's really, like, naive to a lot of this stuff. And that's mm-hmm. probably because, like, the, you know, with being, you know, basically focusing on, like, being part of the guild and then his clan, 
you know, it, they seem like they were very hidden and very sheltered. So there's not a whole lot of experience. A lot of the old ways. Yeah, a lot of the old ways that they've been taught. So yeah, so it makes sense that he's like as naive as he is. And it's hilarious because like, he, like he's figuring things out kind of as we're figuring things out as he's like kind of navigating these worlds. Yeah, we're, we're kind of learning with him. Yes, exactly. And I kind of want to, once we get into the third act, I want to go back to this moment for a split second because there's something I want to say. All right, cool, yeah. cool. I guess let's get into the third act and it is a fucking doozy. So... With our heroes trapped and the Dark Troopers breaking in, it looks like all hope is lost, but then a lone X-Wing boards the light cruiser and a hooded figure is seen on the monitors heading towards them, to which Bo-Katan responds, a Jedi. With a green lightsaber in hand, the Jedi cuts through the Dark Troopers and makes his way to the bridge. The hooded Jedi reveals himself to be Luke Skywalker, and he's come to answer Grogu's call. Grogu is unwilling to go without Mando's permission, to which he grants. Mando and Grogu share one final moment together with Mando taking off his helmet for Grogu to see him. And as if we weren't all emotional enough, R2-D2 shows up to greet Grogu and we end as Mando looks on as Grogu leaves with Luke and R2. Amazing shot. And it is an amazing shot. One of the, it, like, it's an, it's best an amazing shot to end. So, uh, like, right off the bat, um, one of the things that I want to say is that this really felt like it could have been the series finale. Yeah. Not just the season finale. Because, mm-hmm. you know... Like, it's so, like, so well done. It, it's it's so well done, and this is such a massive moment for this show that really like, like, because obviously like like the, the thing that I love about the Mandalorian is how it tells a very simple story, and it doesn't try to be anything more than than the simple story that's trying to tell. Mm-hmm. But this moment was so like bigger than I ever expected the show to be, and it kind of catapulted it to another like level. It was like a film. It was like a film. Yeah. This this whole much, this yeah. whole episode felt like a film, but this moment really drove it home. Yeah, and it's because I think it's do, it does such a great job of connecting everything. It's connecting. Um, well, not maybe the sequels. I don't know. They don't exist in my mind. <laughs> after this episode, where the sequels are not canon anymore. Yeah, I pretty much told myself <laughs> yeah. uh, that sequels don't exist after this episode. <laughs> Uh, you can take that however you want. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to... I'm going <laughs> to... just going to leave it at that. Yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, it does such a great job connecting back to the OG trilogy, also to the prequels when you think of like some of these characters like Bo-Katan and stuff like that. So Yes. It really weaves in like everything. Yes. And, right. it does it, and it does it very well. So here's my thing. Yeah. Luke, when Ahsoka says, go put, on, go put Grogu on Seeing Rock and someone's going to answer... The obvious answer is Luke. Yes. That's like the fucking obvious answer. Right. He's like probably like the main one that's around now. He's the main one that everyone's familiar with. Well, and then I, I also remember that at that time when we like even like I think right after that the, the Jedi episode, we were discussing like, you know, when he gets put on the seeing stone, like like who could possibly answer the call. And we were mm-hmm. speculating and it's like, you know, where is Luke in this timeline? And we figured that at this point, I think even you said that he's this is when he's gathering up He's trying to find like force users to build like a new Jedi. Yeah, new, uh, you know? So new, it made sense that, that, that he'd be out there looking for these. So, but but in right, our heads, it was so just like obvious. it was so obvious, and, and it was just like there's no way they're going to do that. And it's not just that, but it's it's fucking Luke Skywalker, right? Like one of the most iconic characters in film, like in cinema, in film like, history, in, just absolutely. in history yeah. in general, right? Like the name Skywalker, everyone fucking knows that mm-hmm. name. So I was like, yeah, we were like. We, we made the mention, too, of, like, can you imagine if Luke shows up? Everyone's going to lose their fucking mind. Yeah. But we didn't expect it to. <laughs> no, At least, no. I mean, personally, I didn't expect it to. And I was so, like, sure that that just wasn't going to be, like, a thing. And I love, like, how, I just, we, and I love how we got as far as to thinking that, oh, it's going to be Mace Windu because he didn't actually die. We never saw a yeah, body. So I was, Mace like, Windu's going to come back. I was banking on, like, Mace Windu. I really yeah. was. I, like, the more I kind of thought about it, the more I was processing, I was really banking on, like, Mace Windu coming in, like, of someone making the mention of like oh an amethyst saber kind of like having like a, like a like something that that was gonna like kind of like lay the seed yeah and then lead off to that moment because we know what Ma- we know how powerful Mace Windu is yes he's a bit of an asshole so I could have imagined like like um like you know old scruffy grandpa Mace Windu coming like surprise motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I I was just I was like I was leaning more towards that like I also thought like Quinlan Voss but that's, I think that's too much of a deep cut yeah I don't think people would have gotten you know uh, I was also I was also thinking Cal Kestis but uh you know in in my head when you play him in the game it's before the OG trilogy it's like it's it's a few years after Order sixty six so. When that happens, uh, like Cal would be much older at this point, so it couldn't have been him. But it's still, it's still fine, right? Yeah, you can it's have still, older, yeah, like right. Cal has to come in, like that. It's, it's totally fine, because um, like again, Luke came in. Essentially, he's much older now, and it just made him younger. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and then I thought, like you know, I thought, uh, okay, maybe also it could be Ezra. That's also like a simple one. Like Luke was just such the obvious answer that I just did not expect to happen. But I was so sure. Like, as it was playing off, and as the tension was building, and as they're trapped in that bridge, I'm like, Ahsoka's coming. 
That yeah. song is coming. I was like, okay, you know what? Fuck it. it like all everything we said, like Boba's gonna come back right. with Ahsoka. So it's gonna be like, oh, I got your message. Some like little like cheeky like message. Right, like right. That. And she was gonna come in. She was gonna like with her lightsabers like cut down all the dark troopers. And Din was gonna go out there with his dark saber, and we're gonna, we're gonna have like an awesome like like lightsaber moment between like Ahsoka wielding both of them and Din wielding the dark one. And that wasn't it. We see the X-Wing. And again, I was just so, like, sure that we were not going to see Luke. Yeah. That it didn't – I didn't process it. It, it didn't first. click when this no. when this one lone X-Wing when comes out. When one X-Wing comes out, I'm like, oh, oh, could that be a Soka? Like, I said right. that to myself. Or, or, even, or even it's, like, one of those moments, too, where it's, like, one X-Wing comes. And even Kara's like, oh, one X-Wing, great, we're saved. And I expected to see, like, more right. I even, I, for even For a moment, I thought it was, like, one of, like, the Rangers. Yes. You know, because like, that's – even though it, they have literally no business there no, no. whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. And they would get wrecked right away. I just – like I said, I just – uh, to me, Luke was just like uh, I would have loved to see it leading up to this, but I just didn't think it was going to happen. And then the second it it goes in, like the second it goes into like that like um, that like docking port, right? And you see it on the monitor. And we see it on the monitor. At that moment, I'm like, holy shit! Yeah, is that Luke? Yeah. Like at that moment, like it hit me. And then, oh my god! And then when we see him with his robe walking through the monitor. Mm-hmm. With that awesome music, that like real cool like harmonization, whatever. Well, that's that's the other thing too, man. Like Ludwig knocked this episode out of the park. The music was so good. Like like I think from now on, when we think of Star Wars composers, it's gonna be John Williams. I think it's gonna be. I think Ludwig cemented himself. Well, there's only like three. I know there's only three, but I'm yeah. saying like he really like like to me like he's up there now because with his work on these two seasons, especially how he ended this last season like and then in this last episode, like he's up there, man. Like this like the music is fantastic. The music is fantastic, but I don't know if I'll put I'll put like. You're talking about like iconic music, bro. Like, bro, just give it time. Give it time. It's he's, maybe give it time. Yeah, it, like we, a lot of time. Yeah, because I, I still said like that. The binary sunset, I guess, like the Luke suite, so to speak. Yes. Like the that's still probably that's probably my favorite score of all time. Yeah, yeah. with you, like it, it fucking destroys me. It kills me. Okay, but whatever. Let's yeah. get back to it. We see the Jedi in the monitor, and we're like, oh my god, oh my god, is a Luke, is a Luke, is a Luke. And the second the green saber comes into fucking frame. It, it, that, that it, was it. I was just like, that was it. oh, and that and that was and they. I love how they they really played it off because I think if you know as you watch now, like, it's like you know it's Luke, but like you're not sure because it's it's exactly. it's, it's only in monitors. It's exactly. only in monitors, and you're just thinking like, there's no fucking and there's way no it's color, him. and it could be like it could be anybody, it could be anyone in a fucking like robe. It could be anyone in a. It, it literally like you your your mind obviously thinks it's him. But you're not sure. You're not. And you want to get that clarification. And the second we see the fucking green saber coming to frame, and the reveal, like, the reveal is so good too because you, oh they're on the bridge God. and these dark troopers are coming at him, and the, you just see the green come into frame. And it's just, yeah, it's, yeah. Like it's purposely done. Yes. Like it was done so well. Yeah. And it's just like at that uh, at that moment once I saw the saber, I just like I immediately just lost my mind. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I'm like, this is happening. Like this is really happening. Like fucking Luke Skywalker's here. And then uh, just like the little things, like the glove. Yes. I'm like, it's the glove. Seeing like, the glove. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah. god. And then yeah, the way he just um, the way he just wrecked shop. And this is Luke in his prime. Yes. Like this is prime Luke Skywalker. This is, this is Jedi Master Luke. This is Jedi Master Luke, and just seeing him like uh, showing off how what he can do, like pretty much take out all these like fucking um. And and he gets his hallway moment. He gets his hallway. He moment. gets his hallway moment. Man. We think of uh great Star Wars hallway moments. We think of uh, obviously Rogue One. Right. We think of Luke. We think of Darth Maul in season seven. He has a really great hallway moment. Uh, there's a whole bunch of, in Rebels, yeah, of, yeah. Of, you know, which we're not really gonna get into. But awesome, awesome, awesome moment. And then just like, yeah, I'll, I'll cut it off for there. I'll okay. let you kind of share some thoughts. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it was honestly one of the, one of the craziest things too because when this episode was over, like I immediately like. Like, like, like when I saw Luke, I felt like a little kid again. Like I immediately yeah. felt like I was watching Return of the Jedi for the first time again. That's like it's what it's like this like over like this overwhelming excitement, like happiness. Yes. Just like fucking straight up joy. Yes. Like I was jumping up and down. Like I literally Oh like, yeah, I know, dude. You were you were going I nuts. I was going nuts. I was like jumping up and down. I couldn't believe what was happening. Like, because this is to me what I've always wanted to see. I've always wanted to see like Luke wreck shop, right. so to speak. And we'll get a little bit more into that um a little later on. But this was this this was hashtag my Luke Skywalker, right. <laughs> you know. So to see him again here in his prime, even though technically it wasn't him, but still, yeah, but still, amazing, amazing. And then you had the classic open the open up the um, 
the doors with him, the lightsaber glowing and glowing in the smoke and yeah, all his wreckage yeah. incredible. Yeah, yeah, it was. And and you know, obviously when he when he walks in and he takes off the hood, you get some some really rough CG of Mark Hamill's face and it got like worse as it went on. Like when he first reveals, um, it's not. It's not bad. It's really not. Like I mean, like like when when he first takes off the hood, it's like you when know you can tell something's it, off. Yeah. yeah, but when he first reveals it, it was pretty good. It wasn't yeah. bad, but I feel like every single time he got because anytime a there's movement, anytime there's there's some legit movement when he's like when he's speaking or mm-hmm. you just you just it it just doesn't look good. And obviously, like it's 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 a matter of time. You know, I I feel like that they. You know, they shot this in March to have it ready for now, and there's just not enough time for them to properly render it. Because, like, people were, you know, talking about, like, how, like, you know, the comparing it to, like, Tarkin and, and other times that they've but done I this. But Tarkin CG was good. No, Tarkin CG is but good. But I'm Tarkin saying, CG but I'm, is different, right? It is different because, yeah. like, it's like, you know, you're you're dealing with, you know, first of all, it's 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 a major motion picture. It's, an, it's, a, it's a film, and people need to understand that Mandalorian, even though it's expensive, it's still a TV show. It doesn't have the type of, bu- type of budget that a movie does. And with Tarkin, they built that from they built that 3D model from scratch, and they spent months and months and months and months on it to get it as perfect as they could possibly get it. With Luke, it's almost like they did some sort of like face swap kind of thing, like a deep fake, like a deep fake kind of. So it's they try to do it as good as they can, and you know, I have the hope that maybe they'll go back and work on it, but probably not. But uh, yeah, I think it's just one of those things where. You know, some people got the moment taken out of them. For me, it, it didn't. Like, obviously, like it's 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 not good, and I recognize it. But it doesn't take away from the story that they're trying to tell, and and just being in that moment with seeing Luke, you know, in all of his fucking glory, you know, and then, you know, and then it's just this this massive moment that's Luke Skywalker that's answering Grogu's call, and then obviously, you know, to to get away from Luke a little bit, we kind of come back to you know the realization that Grogu's going to leave, mm-hmm. and we get this just insanely emotional moment with. Grogu and 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 Mando and it's it's per, it's perfect it's, it's perfect how it's done like I love you know him holding him there and he's you know with his hand on his helmet and then he takes it off and it's just well, like first oh he's, my God. first looks like you have to give him permission right yeah he's you like know? you have to give him permission yeah, so and I think that was like a big test for Mando because like he obviously has to give him permission but he definitely doesn't want to you mm-hmm. know like he definitely like uh, as much as he as much as he has to he definitely doesn't want to so builds up the courage to do that and then builds up the courage again to take off his uh, helmet in front of him. And this kind of what I want to harness it back to because we kind of got like a little bit of a swap in terms of tradition. Mm-hmm. Like Bo-Katan now is all about tradition and getting the dark Darksaber back. Yes. And now Mando's kind of breaking tradition and taking off his helmet. Right. So just kind of like, um, I mean, obviously we haven't, uh, most of the people watching Mandalorian haven't really had this sort of journey with Bo-Katan, but seeing these sort of like dy- dynamic like character shifts mm-hmm. is awesome to, to see. And um, and yeah, just like we said, the 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 for I'm with you. The the CG was a little rough. Um, obviously, like I don't think anyone's gonna deny that. Yeah. But it didn't take away the moment for me. To me, no. even though it, it was rough, it to me this was still Luke Skywalker. Yes. I'm like I just literally saw Luke Skywalker doing this, building up to this moment, right. Answering Grogu's call, taking him and um, and and yeah, just the the. Like Grogu seeing his face, mm-hmm. you know, and like touching his face. Yeah, and it's then, just like ah. Oh, yeah, it's God. like and, and then the music, the, yep. the little twinkle was so good. The way it was done, like it was just so well done. And then even and then you know he puts Grogu down, and Grogu's still like a little like not sure. Yeah, he's, he's still like, he's still grabbing onto yeah, Mando, like, and it, it just kills you even yeah, more. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't want to go. Yeah. I don't want to go. It's like Big Daddy. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I wear my own ass. I don't want to go. I know, pal. That's not it. But I want my own ass. I want my own ass. But then you get you get this other you get R two D two just shows up and it's I like walked out. and it's like holy shit you I know I almost and fucking walked out like you weren't like you already had me on the floor and I now know. you just step you on step me. on me I was like just fucking kill me now. yeah I know <laughs> oh my god but the but the great thing about that is is I love uh, like as soon as R two shows up Grogu turns around and you know we kind of make this connection that they probably did know each other when mm-hmm. Grogu was training at the temple so them seeing each other and that kind of gives Grogu the okay like all right I can go with you you know what I mean like, like I, I remember I, you like I feel safe you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I can I can leave you know so that's well I don't know about feeling safe because I mean I'm assuming if you saw him he was probably with Anakin oh so. yeah true true <laughs> but that's that's kind of like a, I'm just kind of like messing around yeah, yeah, you know yeah. that's kind of like that's kind of like a joke but but it is that like him probably being a kid and being like oh like I remember you like yeah I remember you from from the temple and and you're like a cool robot so right it's like, you know, right it's like cool shiny flashy things so yeah, that that was a really great moment because in 
like that's what I tell myself. Yes. I tell myself like Grogu and R two like the reason R two is like bopping around and going crazy because he's like he's like holy shit, yeah. like, you're alive, right, right. Like, you know, after all these years, yeah, like you're yeah. alive, and um, and to just like the the joy from from the droid because I mean, come on, let's be real, like droids are in a way the heart of Star Wars. Yes, like uh, his and droid, and R two is at the center. Uh, yeah, I've yeah. said it many, many times. Yeah. Star, Star Wars doesn't exist without R two. Yeah, like <laughs> like straight up. But uh, but yeah, like his excitement to see Grogu and you know just him feeling like okay, like I remember you, like let, okay, like this is something I I can yes I I can fucks with this yeah yeah, yeah yeah exactly like, all right let's go and he does his uh his Zeno like yeah, yeah, yeah. let's let's go let's go pick me up mm-hmm. yeah and the uh you know kind of uh, jumping around a little bit just just some observations that that I loved about about this just this whole this whole third act uh one was um <laughs> Grogu's four senses were tingling like as soon as Luke shows up he kind of perks up because like when Mando his, puts his Grogu down like he puts Grogu down Grogu looks fucking exhausted yeah like he looks like he's just done and then as soon as Luke shows up he kind of then perks back up that's what I was saying like did they feed him I know right probably not I hope they fucking fed him because you know Grogu <laughs> my dude wants his, some fish eggs my Grogu loves some snacks yeah. so uh, I hope they fed him but yeah he was exhausted and then just a moment of him like putting his like hand to the computer yeah uh, to the monitor like kind of um, this is like oh like, I, I, like I'm being drawn towards right this, you know? right yeah he could he could sense it the uh, the other thing too was with uh, with Moff Gideon. I love how scared shitless he is when he realizes like who has come because obviously he like Moff Gideon knows who Luke Skywalker is. You know what I mean? Like he does. It's, it's you know like I love and he's like assume I know everything. He's gonna know who Luke That's Skywalker actually is. Something that I wanted to bring. I'm glad you brought that up. Like, wouldn't you think that these people know who Luke are? Uh, like Fennec, Bo-Katan probably I would imagine like, but see, but, especially Kara if she was a rebel dropper she no no she no she definitely does but I think like I think in that moment though because like you know they're not gonna like they're watching him on monitors like we get to see him in the green lights here but they're watching him on monitors and then when he shows up there's no other all the background right. stuff you, is in you, the background you're right. and you're you don't fo- want to cut you don't want to you know what you're, you're focused on Mando Grogu and Luke yeah, and that's and that's it you know what I mean then be like, oh my god, that's right, fucking Luke Skywalker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but true, true. but that's that's my that. thing. But I do love how scared shitless Gideon is so much so that he even tries to kill himself. Mm-hmm. Like that's just like he's like you know this dude fucking killed the Emperor and probably killed like you know, they think that he killed Darth Vader too. So it's just like I can't deal with this guy. I'm killing myself. You know what I mean? Like I love how it escalated to that point. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad they kept him alive. I'm I glad they kept I'm him alive glad too. That uh, it didn't. It didn't. Uh, no, because he's so John Carr's the fucking man, dude. Yeah, you, you need him around. He, he just ele- he elevates anything that he's in. Yeah, and he's 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 so much fun to uh to watch. So I'm glad yeah. that they kept him around. I'm glad that wasn't a thing. But uh, but yeah, all in all, just uh, in incredible, just like uh, I guess kind of climax and yeah, man. These two seasons leading up to this, just absolutely yeah. Absolutely and it's incredible. it's it's like I was saying too, man. Like this really felt like this. Like I didn't think we were gonna get like this this good. Like I I I had suspected that we were gonna get like that the emotional goodbye between. Mandu and Grogu was going to happen. I didn't think it was going to happen this early. Like this is like really sure, fucking early. I'm pretty sure like we've made mention of that before we have. too. Like yeah. like oh yeah, like at, at one point or another they're going to they're have, gonna to, have say to say goodbye. It's yeah. going to fucking suck. And long yeah. and behold, oh dude, it sucked. It, it happened like right now, and I was just like, oh my god, I was like trying to like hold it together. Yeah, no, um, it was because it, like like it was like the, the last like ten minutes or, or ten minutes or so are so emotionally like overwhelming because seeing Luke again was one thing and then the fact that you realize that Luke is there to take Rogue away from Mando and it's just like oh my god like you just go but through this, this emotional Luke, roller coaster like, uh, yeah and also in regards to like Luke CG because we were talking about how um like why not get Sebastian Stan in there yeah and, uh, actually you know what I'm gonna hold off for that uh, I'll say it for the post discussion okay because I think it's gonna go a little lengthy yeah yeah definitely definitely yeah, yeah. So, uh, I'll yeah if, if, if you guys don't know um, we are going to we're right now we're doing video we're going to actually stop the video and then keep discussing because we feel like we're gonna be here for a while talking right. so we kind of don't want to uh, prolong the video uh, basically so um, yeah I'm, I'm gonna be honest the video is a lot of fucking work the video is a lot of work and so, so the production like a... crew is out of town for the holidays yes. so Nick and I have to do it right and um, yeah we also have we a lot of shit to do we don't want to do a two-hour video basically is what we're yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so yeah. So let's uh, let's just jump into um, Peyton Reed, bro. Peyton yes. Reed directed this, and this was a shock because I I, I had assumed for the longest time that Favreau was going to handle the season finale. Obviously, he wrote it, but man, Peyton Reed, man, what a fucking comeback! Because he got a lot of shit for Chapter Ten, and now he kind of just you know. Again, look exactly. at me now, look at me now, bro. Look at me exactly. now. Exactly. <laughs> oh, they're all coming back to yeah, me. Yeah. Now. But yeah, for some reason, I was just so sure. Because they said the announced directors, and we got all the, all the directors, 
but it didn't think to me that they were going to like double dip. Especially Peyton Reed. I didn't yeah. think he was going to double dip at all. Uh, yeah. I mean, like if you tell me, if you told me that, like, oh, Bryce was going to do or maybe Filoni, like, yeah, yeah. cool. Like, all right, but yeah. I was just so under the impression that it was going to be Favreau again. Yep. Like it was going to, it was going to be him. So yes, when you think of, um, when you think of like all of the, all the directors this season, Peyton Reed was definitely probably like the weakest in regards to what, what we had gotten up to this point. Yes. So for him to come in here and, like give us this essentially like mini movie, right? Of like it, everything was um, so well done. We said it a million times, but everything was so well done. It was an amazing like conclusion wrap up to these um, these two seasons uh, and this this story because we're gonna get into how this essentially like resets the entire like kind of wipes the slate like, clean a little exactly, bit for Mando, yeah, exactly metaphor. metaphor. So um, so I think he did an incredible job. Kudos to him and uh, and yeah, he, this kind of um and. It could just me, me could be me being a little biased because I love Star Wars so much, but this kind of like uh, made me excited to see Ant Man in the Wasp. <laughs> like because I, bro, this is what we said when we were talking about the directors. My hope was that they can kind of step away from certain stuff, let their creative mojos flow in these right. other properties and these other big budget kind of production properties. Yeah, maybe hopefully learn something from it, and then you can bring that into you know, into uh, his other projects. So hopefully he learned something from this storytelling. Hopefully he learned something from this experience that's going to benefit him in future films, including anime. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and the thing, like, he was, like, I also thought he was kind of getting unfairly critiqued for Chapter 10 because, like, it's not so much uh, his directing. It was more of the fact that uh, the story itself just wasn't there. wasn't much there. It was there. like a Bryce Dallas Howard. It wasn't. A, yeah, exactly. Like four. like there wasn't. I think a lot for him to really like sink his teeth into and really like you know kind of knock it out of the park, which is what he does. He does here. You know, chapter ten is is kind of a whatever kind of episode. You know what I mean? It's the, it's 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 the definition of side quest basically is what chapter ten is. But it's well directed. I felt Although, like. Although I will say that every single person who I've talked to about that episode, like um, this is maybe like four or five because I don't have that many friends. Yeah. Um, they all said how that episode has grown on grown on them. Yeah, and and I think like especially how how this how this season has ended with with Mando letting go of Grogu that that first that like that especially like chapter ten. That's a that's a very character building episode between Grogu and I think and I think Mando. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, yeah, I think if you go back again and watch, I think it's going to have even greater impact. Well, I mean, yeah, the whole th- everything in general, everything in general is going to have a greater impact. And that's that's what I always say about Star Wars, bro. Is that no matter what happens leading up to it, as long as you nail the fucking ending, it makes everything else that much better. That's why the sequels suck because the ending sucked. I don't know about that, but maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe. You know it's true, bro. If Rise of Skywalker was good and it had a good ending, it would have made everything else that much better. I get I don't know. Just go with it, bro. Sure. <laughs> sure. I mean, sure. I, I don't know. I don't know. Because we don't live in an alternate reality where Rise of Skywalker is, is good. It's I a mean, good movie. Yeah. So. so it's hard to process it actually being a good movie. Exactly. I, I, get, it. Wars, I get it. I get it. I get it. You know, if that um, if that was good and yeah. continued Ryan Johnson's story, yes. If it continued that sort of um, storytelling, that mythology, that that ideal, those ideas that were explored in the Last Jedi, mm-hmm. then yeah, maybe. Yeah. Because you know, essentially, what Ralph Skywalker does it retcons everything. Yes. Uh, well, it not retcons everything. It retcons the Last Jedi. Last Jedi, basically. So yeah, you're yeah. just like it's just yeah. like a, a mess, wish washy, whatever. So yeah, maybe. Who knows? Right. If uh, we ever experience a multiverse and go into a world where the Ralph Skywalker was good and Mandalorian sucked, yeah, I know. Get that like swap. <laughs> that swap. I know. Yeah. yeah. Um. Then, then maybe. Maybe. maybe All we'll right. See. All right. Well, well, Martin. So before we kind of like end the video portion, kind of cl- close close us out a little bit. Uh, what are your overall thoughts? I think on on season two. Season two, okay. So season one was definitely more of its own story. It was kind of more of like a separate thing, kind right. of focused on characters that we did not know, uh, that we did not know and we're not too familiar with. Um, season two definitely got a little, in a way, sort of um, crazy tying in these existing... a lot of a lot of other things, yeah. right? And I mean, at first, you, I, I mean, I say this all the time, like, why are we revisiting? Uh, characters that we know when there's just the Star Wars universe is just so vast mm-hmm. and massive and there's so many characters that we can explore um, but you know it, it, if it's done right I don't care and I think the way they brought in Bo-Katan the, the way they brought in Ahsoka the way they brought in um, the way they brought back Luke and Boba Fett Boba yeah. Fett like the way of, of handling these these characters that we know and that we love um, it was just I just think everything was just was just really well done really well handled uh, we said this many times over the people in charge know what they're doing, mm-hmm. and they—I mean—they've earned everyone's trust. Absolutely. There's, there's no way that sure. Filoni and Favreau have um have not earned everyone's trust. Um, it's just really—it's just the perfect combination of people who 
know the material and know how to execute it in a big budget. Like, do you think Filoni, like he knows the material? Yeah. But do you think Filoni could have came in and done that hallway sequence with Luke? You mean like like right away? Yeah. No. Absolutely no, not. No, no, absolutely, absolutely not. not. No, 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 no. So that's what I'm saying. So you have people like who know the mythology, but you also have people who like know how to handle these big budget these productions. Big, these big moments. Live action productions. Yes. So yeah. it's a perfect melding of, you know, these two um, great collaborative, creative yeah. working and that's minds. That's what it is, man. It's just great teamwork. And that's a, exactly. I think uh, forget, not Kathleen Kennedy. Not, not you. <laughs> not you. Um, I think people forget, too, that that the uh, that Favreau has, has known Filoni for a while because Favreau did voice work on uh, on Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they, 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 they already have like that, that history together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but the the thing that I'll say about season two is is uh, I thought it was it was it, I mean it's, it's it goes without saying the season two is fantastic. I, I think I like it better than season one. Um, I think so too. I think so too. Like like it's not perfect. It definitely has its flaws. Um, we say this all the time that it tells a very simple story, and I think that has pros and cons. Obviously, like sometimes I think there are certain moments that because it's so simple, uh, the storytelling can be looked at as a little sloppy, and it kind of ru- like rushes through certain you know I think pivotal moments mm-hmm. just to get to the next point. But when it delivers like it does in this episode, and and that's and that's the thing too is I saw some people complaining like, and you even said it too about how, you know, why do we need to see Bo-Katan again, Ahsoka, you know, all these characters when you know there's so much more out there. But like I think what's why the show works so well is because season one spent that entire season setting up these setting setting up these characters. It set up Grogu, it set up Mando, so that by the time we get to this ending, like even though Luke is there and it's a massive moment, it doesn't take away from from the moment where uh, Mando has to say goodbye to Grogu. Right. And I think that that's what hits the hardest about the episode. Even though Luke Skywalker is there in the room and it's crazy, like the the emotional core of the storytelling is that moment when they say goodbye. And like if you got emotional, then the show did its job. Right, because essentially the, the entire show is is the relationship between Grogu and Mando. Yes. That's so and, it, and because like that bond is so strong and because we're so accustomed to it, that allows them to bring in these other characters and have yeah. the show get bigger because it doesn't lose sight of what the show is actually about. And it's about Mando and it's about Grogu. And that's why I think it's as successful it's probably as it is. well done. Yeah, definitely. Also, big fact that's because you have essentially the creator of these characters. So yeah. they know they know how to properly... Absolutely, absolutely, man. So yeah, everything was really well done. Got the good people in charge. And um, like we said, essentially resets everything moving forward. Right. We imagine Luke, uh, Grogu's going to go off with Luke. Um, I don't expect to see him for a while. Yeah. Which is fine. Uh, focus more on Mando, and I feel like we're it's gonna it's all gonna be about taking back Mandalore. Yeah. Even though we've seen it a million times, right? And like Rebels and Clone Wars, it's always like going go to Mandalore. It's always a fight, and we gotta get some sort of like order. Yeah. Amidst this chaos, but uh, but we haven't seen it in live action. We haven't seen it in live action. So you know, yeah. at this point, like, yeah, why not? Let's, it's exciting. Let's, let's it's see exciting. it in live action. But all right, Nerds Nation, that does it for us. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening. Remember to like this video, subscribe to our YouTube page, and remember you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else where you can see that big beautiful FN logo. This kind of concludes our video portion. Uh, We're going to keep going. We're going to keep talking. So uh, if you are watching on YouTube currently, please find, uh, you know, wherever your favorite podcasting uh, platform is, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and uh, and check out this episode. And so you can hear us talk more about all this, all this good stuff, all the stuff that's coming, what's happened, and what the future looks like. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye.